Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And on today's episode, we have a very special couple who run multiple sites about travel writing and travel uh, photography, travel videography. Uh, so they actually run uh, chasingtheunexpected.com, then they run romeactually.com, and they also run ilmioiran.com, so uh, quite a few different sites. They're specialists in the area of travel writing, travel photography, travel videography, and they actually, um, you know, currently here in uh, Rome, Italy, I'm in Medellin, Colombia, so through the miracle of technology, we're able to connect with you live and bring this episode to your ears and eyes. Uh, so Angela, Saeed, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, why don't we start by getting to know you a little bit better if you guys want to do a quick background and share about yourself. Hi, Ricky. Thank you very much for having us. Um, so I will start with uh, my background. Um, I, was, uh, I was born, let's say, as a journalist. I studied journalism in Italy. And, um, and then uh, with uh, the first degree and then the second degree, international relations in, uh, in London. Um, I started working as a journalist uh, first in Italy before leaving. And uh, then when I saw how uh, unstable was the job market, I decided to uh, move to other uh, European countries uh, mainly English-speaking countries to learn English. So I moved to Ireland first, and then London. I did initially. I did like the most different jobs just to learn the language. Then in London, I took my. I pursued my second uh, master degree, and uh, it's from London that I started more uh, like uh, write, being uh, like working as a freelance writer. And um, this is how I started my blog. It's not that I got fired or I uh, didn't like what I was doing. No, I just uh, um, skipped all that. <laughs> and I started <laughs> directly uh, freelancing and uh, uh, also with my blog. Because the experience I had as a journalist in Rome at the beginning was in actual newsrooms. And I, I wanted to study journalism because, in my mind, journalist was the best job because it involved traveling all the time. Then, when I started working in the newsrooms in in Rome, in different newsrooms, also like Italian, French, I saw that journalist is actually an office job, like sitting from nine to five every day, Monday to Friday, sometimes the weekend. So I said, this is not exactly what I was expecting. So how about I do freelancing? So this is when I started, and this is also why I started my blog. At the beginning, to um, as a display for my writing, more than actually monetizing it. I started later, uh, taking care of the actual blog, blogging full-time. But before, it was just a, a, a display of my work and just because I wanted to write for other publications. And then little by little, it evolved. Well, hello, everyone, and thank you for having us here. Um, okay, well, you, you read a little bit about us. And let me tell your viewers, uh, well, I'm an Afghan. Raised and studied in Afghanistan and uh, lived in Afghanistan until last year. Uh, well, 
a decade ago, I I joined a totally different background I had. Let me tell you that. I, I joined a training mission, NATO training mission in Afghanistan as, an, a, tr as a translator. And then um, two years later, uh, I joined the private, uh, private security sector. That's a different, different, totally different background from from what I do now. Um, well, I did that for quite, for a few years. Uh, um, I currently a blogger. Well, when I told my my friend, one of my friends, when he asked me what I do, and I said I'm a blogger, he was like, "What does that mean?" I was like, "Okay, this is what we do." I said, "Oh, okay, you're a photographer," and I was like, "No, okay, that's a little different." Well, anyway, blogger is totally new thing in Afghanistan. Uh, we don't. I think I'm the first one. I think I'm the first one. I searched a lot, but I couldn't find anyone. So um, that's me now in Italy. Uh, love to love to travel. That's uh, that's what I like about this job. Um, that's very much uh, it for now. Well, if you have any other question, I'm I'm right here. Supporting. Awesome. Well, hey. Thank you guys Thank for being on the show. On the show. I'm curious to know about. We met um, in during different trips and uh, Iran, India, and uh, finally I decided I was. He was uh, telling me many times, "Come to Afghanistan," and uh, I was a little bit worried because it's not exactly. Um, a quiet can country and uh so i a little bit i kept postponing and postponing then finally i decided because i already knew him and i knew he uh, his background so i knew he was um uh, in the security uh, field and he was used to having foreigners with him in afghanistan so i knew he he knew what he was doing so i said okay let's take the risk so we met again in india and from india we traveled together to afghanistan because even if i was willing to take the risk i was still a little bit scared so we traveled together to afghanistan and uh, then we stayed there in afghanistan and we got married there in afghanistan and what made you guys uh, move back to Italy now? Um, you know, uh, amazing story, by the way. And what, what made you guys base yourself out of Rome, Italy? Uh, because it's, um, let's say, for me, it's easier to live in Italy. Afghanistan is still very unstable. Actually, the situation, it's even getting worse and worse. So uh, for me, the months I spent in Afghanistan, it, I, it was a uh, constant pressure. I had to be careful that not many people saw that I was a foreigner and I don't speak the language. So it's still, we managed to visit, but it was always uh, very difficult, especially for me and for him too, because he was worried. So we decided for, we, we want to live in, uh, in Rome, in Italy, but uh, we still like to travel to Afghanistan as much as we can. We were supposed to go now in October, but we postponed because the situation is getting worse. And also in his city, Herat, which was relatively safer than other cities, now the situation is 
not so good there too. So this is just hopefully from next spring. And uh, my background is actually Indian, and my wife's Filipino, and we have an intercultural marriage, and there's definitely a lot of challenges and struggles. So I'm curious to know how it is uh, with the Italian and Afghani. I've actually never, ever met any other couples who are from those two uh, different ethnicities and nationalities and now fused together as a married couple. So what are some of your challenges, you know? Uh, share with us about, uh, uh, obviously, uh, the blessings of being married, but also some of the cultural differences. Okay. Uh, okay. First, I can start with the, my culture clash when I arrived in Afghanistan. Um, obviously, before arriving, I read a lot about Afghanistan, and I also had experience of traveling very often to Iran. So I, I thought I was prepared. Actually, I wasn't really quite prepared because when I arrived in Afghanistan, I found it way more conservative than, than Iran. Actually, Iran is super liberal, compared, compared, especially compared to some of the places in Afghanistan. So I, I wasn't prepared on how to dress. Even dressing in like I was dressed in Iran was not enough then I wasn't prepared also, not just because I don't speak the language, but also often how to relate, how to deal when there are men. Mm -hmm. So um, little by little, I started understanding that in many occasions, I just had to uh, shut up, not to speak. <laughs> and. Um, uh, also, uh, in, in Afghanistan, everything is really different. The um, relation, relationship with people, how you deal with your guests, the, you, how you, um, uh, you still need to pay visits, you need to do something, uh, you are expected to do something because you are the wife of an Afghan. So still this, uh, it was like a little bit difficult for me, especially at the very first, the, ver the very first days. I was like seeing the house always uh, like invaded by guests and stuff. I wasn't prepared for this, and so the first days we had a little bit of <laughs> some fight. Yeah, <laughs> so it was difficult for me, but I made it very difficult for him. So. <laughs> Well, for me, the, I didn't have much of cultural uh, difficulties. Italy was pretty relaxed, I put it that way. So compared to Afghanistan, everything here is uh, relaxed and, uh, and you feel comfortable. You know, whatever you do, it's just no one cares about what you do, what you wear. And um, well, the only difficulty that I had was that I couldn't keep the wife in the kitchen 24-7. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, uh, for me it was very easy. Yeah, you know, uh, being part of this and uh, being in Italy, living here, living with an Italian, it was all pretty easy for me because I, nothing was limited. I actually had more space to do everything and more, how can I say, more rights and and and, every, and everything. You know, in the house, out of the house. Um, your fear here. Um, so I didn't have much of cultural difficulties. The well, food at the beginning. Oh, well, we go about that. The food, yeah, in the beginning. Well, in Afghanistan, we eat everything with a spoon. 
here they eat everything with fork except the soup okay i think the soup also i don't know no with the spoon okay uh well i had a hard time getting used to that because i was used to having the, the spoon and the stuff and here the first time we went out to a restaurant it wasn't the first time it was one of the first times and and um i couldn't these long spaghettis they make here the pasta is obviously very famous here in italy and i had a very hard time just you know turning this thing and making it all into this fork but anyway i got used to it uh, it was all the first month this whole fork thing maybe first week but other than that uh, so yeah well, the food is obviously different i mean in afghanistan i see it totally we cook different we we eat the same things but we totally cook different so that was a little bit of I, that i needed to adjust to this now i'm i really much like it i believe it's healthier also so <laughs> that was about the cultural difficulties that i had I, for wife i know it was difficult for me it was more difficult yes definitely i totally agree with that yeah thanks for sharing i think it's important to share those things and they're kind of funny funny uh, examples because uh when i think of spaghetti i actually still struggle even though i'm in my uh, i turned 40 and i'm still struggling with spaghetti so you're not alone you're not alone <laughs> So I, I'm curious, Angela and Saeed, about your websites. Uh, you know, you have several of them. Uh, we can walk through them one by one. Uh, but one of your main one is called Chasing the Unexpected. So tell us about the history there. When did you start it? And what are you writing about on that site? Uh, I started the website in 2011. I was in China. And um, I was uh, freelancing for other companies. Like I worked also for Skyscanner. And um, I, I, was, I was in China because I, I was studying Chinese and I was uh, uh, traveling around China, uh, searching a little bit of a Chinese uh, society and culture. I like it very much. So I was having so many experiences that I said, okay, I need to write all of them. I can't wait for some editors to actually accept my pitches. I need to write more. So I started um uh, this blog chasing the unexpected and write both my experiences in china and also uh, uh, i wrote a series that turned very successful about uh, studying chinese so in different uh, situations like shopping or eating or getting sick or traveling and um so i uh, decided to focus the blog in more cultural activities, cultural experiences, or lifestyle, uh, art, history of the place we visit. When I was in China, I also visited uh, India. Uh, so I wrote a lot about India. And um, then after living in China, living, living China also other Asian countries and Middle East, I liked that part of the, that region of the world. And uh, I wrote a lot, but always focusing on the culture. I also wrote uh, some uh, lists, the popular list articles, like uh, reasons to visit or things to know or uh, also travel guides but in everywhere i love to stick the culture i don't i also write obviously travel tips because my audience my my readers also need travel tips 
but I I think readers also need to know the culture of a place they are visiting just to have a little bit of uh, to to be more prepared when they arrive so I like to focus a lot on travel like my travel guides about Florence and stuff every place I mention let's say the Duomo the cathedral I I don't just say okay go this time to the cathedral visit this time in the morning in the afternoon no I also like to write about the history the past what happened how it was built and some also historical anecdotes and gossips and whatever it makes I think it can make interesting Awesome. So besides that one, you actually have a couple more sites. Uh, you have the Rome actually one. So obviously that one's a little bit more focused on Italy and in Rome in spe uh, specifically. Uh, tell us about the focal point there uh, about Rome actually. Rome actually, it's all about Rome because we live in Rome. We have a very active life in Rome. So we go to restaurants, we go to every um type of historical and cultural buildings or sites so we write um very in-depth about rome it's not that we travel like for a week in a place so we stay uh, we visit what we can in rome we have more time in rome we we can visit more so we also like to write more it's we wrote also um a, a travel guide, a detailed travel guide about Rome. But we also write like each place that we visit, we can also, we mention them, but we can also write them a, a different article separate just about that space because maybe it deserves to be described longer and uh, with more detail. Also, the restaurant, we can suggest more restaurants, different openings. Restaurants in Rome are a little bit like. Uh, opening and closing quite quickly so there is a lot to see to visit and to try or um, uh, day trips around rome there are so many things to see around rome and also so many things to see in rome that are not super touristy not in the city center like we don't live in there we live quite far from the city center but there is um a place a very ancient like uh, from uh, ancient roman times that has been open quite recently because it was uh, renovated and now it's open to the public. It doesn't open every day, but we are aiming to write also about that one because it's uh, very important. It's a little bit far, but it's okay. With a, a like 20 minutes uh, train ride, you can reach also this one. So we want to write also about lesser known places. And since we live here, we have the possibility and the chance to reach them all. Awesome, and then uh, you know we're covering all the sites, so you might as well cover the other one. It's in Italian, and it's called uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but uh, Il Mio Iran. Uh, tell yes. us, tell us uh, what that one's about. Exactly, Il Mio Iran means my Iran because I I travel to Iran quite often. I really like Iran, and. Um, my uh, articles on Iran uh, in on Chesney Unexpected were always very popular. And little by little, I started uh, receiving emails and Facebook requests and messages also from Italians. So um, I did a little bit of a research 
and I saw the Italians. Well, first of all, when I went to Iran once, one of the last times I was in Iran, um, a friend of mine, a friend of mine, a tour guide, uh, told me that uh, Italians were exact, uh, actually the first tourist population in Iran that year. So I said, okay, so it, Italians do travel to Iran a lot. I did a, uh, some research and I saw that there was not really a good uh, resource for Italian travelers to Iran. So I said, maybe there is the need. So when I opened the website, I actually knew that there was a need, some demand, but I didn't expect such a huge um, interest. I was actually in some moments of the year, especially like around springtime, when it's uh, uh, the highest season, travel season in Iran, I, um, I receive emails, like everyday emails, and uh, Facebook messages, like every day, uh, for tips and uh, how can I travel and how do I dress. And some tourists also send me their pictures on how they're dressing. Is this good? Can I wear this? Especially women. So I didn't expect this. I just started to, to give a few tips. Not just, I mean, tips, yes, but also telling my experience. But I, it became more uh, complex because I didn't expect this. I had a way bigger uh, response, the feedback than I was expecting. So I, I divided in like different sections. Uh, like cities and uh, civilization and also tips, the, the section of tips, which is always very popular. And then uh, quite recently, I started also a little section about Af uh, Afghanistan, calling it Il Mio Afghanistan, which is my Afghanistan, because now, even though the situation is very dangerous, I'm starting receiving many emails also for traveling to Afghanistan. And I think traveling to Afghanistan is way more difficult than traveling to Iran. So I'm always very willing to give tips and help, any help I can give for Afghanistan, also in Italian. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Saida, you're actually from Afghanistan, so I would love to hear from a local's perspective about Afghanistan and tourism there and the political situation and uh, the reality. Because, uh, you know, obviously a lot of us who have never been there, we hear only from the media, CNN and BBC, and sometimes you hear only the bad stuff. So here's your chance to correct the negative stereotype of Afghanistan. Tell us about the reality in terms of the good things, the bad things, in terms of the politics, economics, etc. Well, you know, Afghanistan has a long history. We go back to thousands of years ago, and uh, and uh, the country has been in the war, direct war, in the last 40 years. 30, 39, 40 years, anyway. Um, do we have a tourist industry? No, people are not yet that confident to travel to Afghanistan. It's not, well, I give them, you know, it's... They are right. It's not safe, and uh, if, if I was an Italian, I would think twice before going to Afghanistan. I think my wife was very brave to decide to come there for an Italian woman. You know, every day, even when she was in Afghanistan, we had few incidents of kidnapping Australian to American university teachers in Kabul, right where we lived, uh, uh, not where we lived, where we stayed in the hotel in Kabul city. 
and uh, you know one of these one of the evenings I remember uh, uh, I, re I received from the colleagues who were in the security industry saying, well, he was still in the security industry, so he had infos. He said, well, there are, there are reports that there might be an attack where you are, not exactly where you are, right behind your hotel. And I, I came upstairs, and for me, it was something very normal. I came upstairs and told uh, Angela that, well, if tonight you hear something, uh, so don't panic, just go on the ground and uh, it's going to calm down probably after an hour or so. Not much we can do. And she was all like, oh, I mean, really, is it going to? I said, well, you never know if it is going to happen, but this is what the security intel says. Uh, well, um, the truth about Afghanistan currently, politically, there's a big game going on. Huge game. You will never hear that on the on the media. They will tell you. Well, they will. All, it depends. Some media always love to show how good it became in the last ten years or twenty years, and some try to show only the bad parts of it. Well, to be honest, the bad parts overcome the good parts because currently that seventy percent, at least between okay, if not seventy, sixty-five percent of the country is under Taliban and ISIS control. Well, basically the government has 35% maximum, maximum 35% of the entire Afghanistan's uh, territory, control of them. Well, and that goes to the main cities, let's say the Kabul, in the Kabul city, in many districts, when you travel, oh, by like half an hour, 40 minutes drive from Kabul to another province, Logar. Only the, the city center, the province, is uh, where the government has uh, control over. The rest of it is all under Taliban control. The same goes for every province. Every province. So the province is under Taliban con uh, government control. The center of districts of, uh, are under some districts, half 50% of districts. Only the center of districts are under government control. The rest, all the villages, uh, remote areas, are under Taliban Many control. areas foreigners come under. Well, obviously, if they if foreigners get kidnapped and get shot dead in the middle of city, so in the remote, I don't remote provinces and cities and villages. I don't want to even talk about that. So difficult. Uh, well, that's a reality. A big game going on. Uh, it's uh, projects. Very dangerous. Um, um, uh, if I was going to recommend Afghanistan for tourists and travelers, I would totally tell them think twice, even three times, maybe four, where the country is uh, at war. <laughs> um, well, that would be it about that. Uh, the country has been in war, and uh, we, we lack in infrastructure, we lack in everything pretty much everything uh, you know the the health system is very bad imagine you get sick there and uh, for uh, for myself my family uh, my mom had uh, well a very minor sickness we they couldn't they couldn't figure out they couldn't diagnose her sickness in her heart in Afghanistan, so she had to travel to Pakistan to do that. So those are the little tips that I'm giving to the tourists in case you go there, get sick, 
don't don't look uh, well, for a doctor. don't look for a doctor <laughs> because it's a and it's very hard to, they have a hard time diagnosing sicknesses so um and they love to prescribe uh well um that's uh, that's uh, the truth about Afghanistan. It's uh, it's not safe. It's the country is getting worse and worse by the day. The safe provinces, like where I come from, the west of the country, Herat province, we have borders. My province has border with Iran and Turkmenistan. It's not safe anymore. We just had an explosion ten days ago where I lost a cousin. In the center of city, some 65 died, and you will never hear about that in the media because they don't want to say, well, we have been there for 10, 15 years, and now, well, trying to cover it. Unless there's an explosion like what happened two months ago when some uh, four or 500 die and get wounded. That way, you might hear it on mainstream medias. Other than that, you will not hear this. 50, 60 dead is not enough to go viral on the mainstream media, you know. Um, so currently it's not safe uh, well, I wouldn't recommend tourists go there the situation is getting worse so I mean unfortunately it is a sad situation and uh, you know uh, sorry to hear about uh, what's happening to your country and your home and native land uh, tell us about some hope uh, for the future you know uh, obviously uh, there is uh, you know some um, foreign troops there and some American troops and they're trying to help solve the problem but uh, do you see a bright future for Afghanistan maybe in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years? Uh, how is positive future possible? Well, the honest answer would be no. I don't see a bright future for the next 10, 15, or 20 years unless there is a huge uh, change of foreign policies for world powers, US and Russia. Well, unless they come to an agreement to respect each other's territories and interests, unless they stop the regime change policies in the Middle East, unless they stop arming the radical groups in the name of freedom fighters, there is no hope. And uh, at the moment, well, this whole uh, ISIS and, and back in the days Al Qaeda and stuff, projects that are started for a reason whether it was destabilizing a country or changing a regime. That's exactly what's happening now, not with Al-Qaeda, obviously, with ISIS. And uh, unless, as I said, US and Russia come to an agreement and, uh, and respect each other's territories and stop destabilizing each other's allies' countries, the, there's no hope. Uh, well, I've currently, we don't see a hope in Afghanistan, especially with the corrupt, super corrupt government installed in the in Afghanistan. It's a, it's very bad, as you can search and see online. Many, many different resources. Uh, well, researches have been done, and uh, we got the first or second place in the entire world. I mean. In, in a corruption and that's the worst thing for a country especially when they're at war so no not for the next 10 20 years unless there is a policy change and then, other than that i don't think four five ten extra thousands of soldiers u.s or nato soldiers would help anything no 
What about uh, Angela, from your perspective, you're a foreigner and you've uh, traveled extensively in Afghanistan. You've seen it firsthand. Um, uh, what is your perspective on Afghanistan in terms of the present and the future from an Italian who's married to Afghanistani who's visited there? Well, I enjoy Afghanistan because, um, as I said, I like Iran. The cultures are similar and a very long history. So, uh, especially in Herat, many things to see. But um, I think it's, uh, for foreigners, it's very difficult to travel to Afghanistan because uh, for me, for example, okay, maybe because I was a woman, but I don't think it's the only reason. Even a man, he, in Afghanistan, they, uh, they can be, you can even dress like an Afghan, wear the hat of the Afghan, even start a little bit speaking Farsi but they will recognize a foreigners in like miles away it's you don't you can't really blend in it's very easy i they always told me that i look like an afghan so i was wearing a chador and everything still after like two minutes they will recognize that i wasn't an afghan i don't know because uh, not even talking you know. even if i wasn't even talking they just saw that I was not Afghan. So in this, I was with Afghans. So it's okay. They knew where to take me. They knew where it was safer and stuff. But if a foreigner goes like independent by himself or with another group of foreigners and they don't really know where to go, it can be very dangerous. Because I'm not just saying the Taliban are just there waiting for foreigners and they have kidnapping commandos everywhere. No, not just this. Also, uh, normally, ordinary people, there is a high level of poverty. So they might just kidnap for money or, um, I don't know, or just, um, for example, taking a bus from a city to another city can be dangerous because when the bus stops, in the middle of nowhere for just uh, 20 minutes of refreshing, if the, the other people in the bus, they saw that you're an Afghan, they can uh, alert and uh, it still put you in danger. So for as much as there is to see in Afghanistan, I think foreigners, either they go with a very, very specific security team taking security measures, or they need to wait a little bit um many people asked us to uh, they, they want to join our tours we are now organizing tours in afghanistan they asked us to organize tours to join our groups we don't want to do it because we know it's very dangerous it's and um, it's too much of a responsibility that i'm not willing to take if they really want to travel i totally give them any tip any help any contact they might need because i know it's very risky it's very difficult but i don't want any responsibility of organizing a tour in such a dangerous place at the moment at the moment now. yes of course in the future we will see if the situation gets better then yes we would totally be more involved in this but for now i'm even scared for myself so i'm not putting anyone else in risk Yep. Even his mother, after the last attack in Herat, his mother first, he used to tell us, when are you coming, when are you coming back and stuff. Now, after the last attack, 
She said, don't come for now, it's too dangerous. The city became a ghost city. You see army everywhere. They search everyone. So it's, um, they announced that they are expecting like some other, I don't know how many ISIS insurgents inside Iraq ready to organize an attack. So just don't come. It's, uh, I don't think it's a very good moment to travel to Afghanistan right now. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's uh, pretty much the consensus uh, across travelers and across the, you know, governments. They're saying don't avoid Afghanistan at all costs. But I definitely think there's, uh, you know, hope for the future. Uh, I'm actually, I just want to share a quick example here. I'm actually in Medellin, Colombia, and I don't know uh, if uh, many people know about it, but Medellin was actually the most dangerous city in the entire world in the 1980s. Uh, Pablo Escobar was based here. There was a lot of uh, violence here with drugs and cartel, gang violence, and a lot of people still think Colombia is dangerous. But uh, here we are traveling around the country, and it's changed dramatically uh, since the 1980s, 1990s, you know, 2000s, and now here we are in 2017. And now it's actually one of the most booming um, economy uh, economies in South America, especially for digital nomads and world travelers. A lot of world travelers are coming here to Colombia because of low cost of living, uh, amazing climate, it's springtime weather. And now it is actually a super safe place. I mean, I'm here with kids and, uh, you know, we walk around even at night. Um, so. I just want to say this, um, there is hope, uh, because if you look at Colombia in the 80s, 90s, uh, even in the early 2000s, people say, avoid Colombia at all costs, it's dangerous, um, don't go there, but now here we are, here, and not just me, but there's literally thousands of people coming here every year, so things can change, and I hope, uh, definitely, and I pray that uh, Afghanistan would have a bright future just like Colombia has currently. Hopefully, there's, there's always a hope, but... Uh... Yeah. We hope so. We of hope. Course. I mean, it's it's something. It's a beautiful country. It's yeah. like it's a garden. It's very beautiful. Many things to see. A long history, true, and uh, we hope everyone does. I mean, we have had 30, 40 years of war, and we there's nothing more. The same that Afghans we want. Afghans want want to meet foreigners. Yes, the same Afghans. They want to meet for. They want to have a relation also with. Uh, the other countries they they want to welcome other people they want to welcome foreigners but uh for now i think it's difficult. i hope in the near future yeah hopefully. when you talk to an afghan who's living in afghanistan that's exactly what you're gonna hear there's no hope get out of afghanistan for now i hope in the near future because, will change you know they have been saying that it's gonna change for the last 20 years or 34 years and it's it's it, it keeps getting worse and worse, and that makes people be hopeless. I mean, you know, the pro everything, the prices of properties, businesses, everything went down, especially in the last three years. Until 2015, things were getting better. Since then, things are getting worse. And uh, it's uh, uh, now people were hopeful. I was very much back then three, four years ago, but now, still, I am hopeful for the future, I hope things get better, but to be realistic, nothing will change nothing unless... Will. 
Yeah, you know, who knows? Uh, you know, here here in South America right now, the major uh, point of uh, place of trouble is uh, Venezuela, and we were thinking of going, but everyone's saying the same thing: don't go at all costs, avoid it. And uh, you know, unfortunately, things happen in the world in Venezuela and Afghanistan, uh, in you know parts of Africa. You know, there there are dangerous areas, and unfortunately, it affects everyone. It affects tourism, it affects the world, it affects politics, it affects the economy. So uh, we hope for definitely for a better future, but uh, it takes time, and it takes uh, you know a change in government etc so thanks for sharing guys um i'd love to hear a little bit more about you guys and your future uh, we've talked a lot about afghanistan but uh i would love to learn a little bit about what you guys are planning for the future in terms of your travels your business your blogs you're based in rome italy you're writing about um rome you're writing about uh chasing the unexpected around afghanistan uh what are you guys planning in the next few months years and beyond for your family your business your blogs your travels uh, well, for now, we are planning to uh, stay in Europe for this uh, direct next month um, we, in Rome, Italy, and probably we will be traveling around Europe, like France, because I have family in France, and uh, some Eastern Europe uh, I'm very attracted to, and um, this is for our travels. In, after that, we will be planning, we are already thinking about going to Iran again because we still write a lot about Iran and in Iran we visited a lot but it's still, there still is a lot to see. And we both like it. And we both like it and, uh, and then also Afghanistan again. Um, business wise, we are totally committed on our blogs. We are totally devoted to our blogs. We have many, so thankfully we are two. And um, we are uh, writing, yes, more blog posts, uh, interacting more with the blogging community. And um, we are also uh, writing some ebooks uh, about Rome, a very detailed and rich travel guide. And um, I'm writing uh, in Italian, also, uh, the one about Rome will be in English. Then I'm writing also another book in Italian about my experience in Afghanistan. Uh, I started it already, and it's um, it will be about my experience seen through the uh, the people I met in Afghanistan because uh, my experience was actually uh, made richer by the people I met, the very different types of people, and. Um, so we are writing uh, for now we are uh, writing we are working on both the blogs and the books i was curious how do you guys manage all of these blogs all of these books the photography uh the work-life balance uh, tell us a little bit about your uh, kind of workflow or your daily structure and also your responsibilities because uh, i know uh, angela you're obviously doing a lot of the writing and uh, saeed is doing a lot of the photography videography but tell us a little bit about your work structure because obviously you're working from home too and it's easy to get distracted by the tv or the bed or laziness procrastination uh, but i'd love to hear a little bit about your tips for productivity and uh, work-life balance and uh, getting work stuff done okay first of all we in the house we create we used to work on the same desk and that was definitely distracting so we bought another desk another chair so we are uh, it, we have each other's back we don't see each other and uh, we 
it, it, it actually changed because it helps us uh, focus a lot. And uh, so this one, then every week we lie down our uh, week plan. We don't always stick very religiously to it, but still we are working on it. Then sometimes also day by day when we have many things to do, because one of my main problems is that I, um, I start too many things altogether, then I don't finish uh, any one of them. So, and then, and then I get nervous and then we fight. So and the teamwork <laughs> we do together, that, that helps a lot. I mean, and everything, not only in writing yeah. and, and everything in the house, we do a teamwork. Yes. Well, that's what I'm good at doing teamwork. I love it. Well, that's it better than, he's better than me doing teamwork because I'm a little bit more messy. <laughs> well, we do everything together, washing, cleaning, cooking, working and uh, going out of every single thing we do shopping and, uh, it takes actually less time. But, we uh, also experience when we plan the day, like in the morning or the night before, we plan for the next day, like one or two, maximum two things to do to start yeah. and finish it by the day. We saw that it actually works better, but he's better than me in this because when he plan, when we have a plan, when we have one goal per day, he actually starts and ends that goal that day. Me, when I manage to do this, I'm very happy because I actually finish something, but often I start and then I start also something else. So uh, he he's able to focus more. So I I'm working on it. I'm working more on it, so <laughs> I'm getting better. But I think this helps us a lot, to focus a lot. And when we do this, it's better because we actually manage to finish something, not just start. Yeah, definitely all about teamwork. I can definitely relate there uh, with my wife and kids and uh, uh, running multiple businesses and uh, uh, just making sure that you can balance everything and not drop anything and still be productive and get stuff done and become profitable. Uh, so uh, to end off here, uh, if people wanted to connect with you guys, uh, we mentioned the several different blogs on the show so far. We mentioned, obviously, the Afghanistan situation, uh, your work-life balance, et cetera. So if people wanted to do, reach out and get some advice or tips, uh, follow your blogs, how can they do that? Um, well, on our blogs, there, is, uh, there are all the links to our uh, social media. We are very active on uh, uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. And... Um, uh, there is also our emails, direct emails in uh, all in our about page. So we are also always checking our emails, so they can totally send us a message. So uh, once again, uh, if you want to outline the four websites we mentioned, what are the websites, the URLs, the domain names that people can go visit? Our websites are the main is chaseindianexpected.com uh, for international travel. For anything about Rome, is romactually.com. Uh, about Iran in Italian is ilmiiran.com. And while about Afghanistan, anything about Afghanistan, um, travel and the politics and society and life is afghandispatch.com. 
Sounds good. And I'll actually have those links below. So if people are interested in any of those subjects, um, world travel, uh, travel to Rome, travel to Iran, travel to Afghanistan, I'll have those links below. And I'd love to hear from the people listening and watching today. What do you think? What is your opinion? You know, tell us about uh, maybe Afghanistan. Tell us about, uh, uh, you know, your opinion on the political situation. We'd love to hear from you. Who are, so we can have a dialogue and a conversation. And, uh, you know, if you have any questions, definitely reach out to both Angela and Saeed. Uh, they have a wealth of experience and expertise in the area of travel around the world and especially travel around the Middle East and Europe. Uh, so thanks again for your time. It was great to connect with both of you. Appreciate your time and all of your insights and advice and tips. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us here. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. You're welcome. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, make sure you uh, leave us a rating and review on iTunes and on YouTube if you're watching this. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Happy travels, everyone. And definitely our prayers are with Afghanistan and especially the Afghanistani people. Bye-bye, everyone.